Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone. Put your New Year's Eve diapers on and settle in for a last of 2022 stargazing. Mark, hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I, I was uh, just looking at what we did last week, and I think I made a prediction of a hat trick, and I got uh, got two-thirds of the way. So if uh, if predictions can be like horseshoes and almost <laughs> almost counts, uh, I'm, I'm on a roll. I mean, it was almost an epic week because if you'll recall, I predicted Dallas would, from the point um, we started the podcast, finish the road road trip perfect, and you were a single goal off. I was a overtime loss to Carolina away, so we almost went two for two. And to your point about horseshoes, we we I you know we went zero for zero, or sorry, we went zero for two, but we were very close. So it's uh you know, it's 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 a good lesson in hot takery. I'm I'm willing to count those as leaners. There you go. I love it. I'm in. Anything that makes me look better, you know this. <laughs> There's so, so few and far between, right? That's, I take all, you got to take any win you can get. It's uh, yep. it's it's the best. But uh, you know, it's it's good to speak. We really only have one game since we last spoke, but I think there's enough to talk about. So we're we're going to talk a, a little bit about um, we're going to talk a little about scoring. Saad had a really interesting piece this past week on the um, on the athletic that I think is worth covering. We're going to talk uh, a little bit. We're just you know, festivals. We're going to air some grievances. We're going to we're going to get into it a little bit. We've got a couple reader questions we've been asked. Um, Mark Lankin wants to know a little bit more about Leon Bichel and Z for Z for Zuboff apologies, just wants us to straight up air some grievances. And listen, if there's anything that I'm going to respond to socially, it's it's grievances. And then as well, I think you've got uh, Stockholm Syndrome, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Ryan Suter as well. So uh, yeah, should be should be a good one. Like I said, we, okay. we've got one game worth of stuff, but there's a lot lot going on in Stars Land for us to cover. And uh, where would you like to start today, Mark? Well, let's start with uh, Rupe Hints. Uh, <laughs> the guy, the the guy is, uh, you know, last month we we saw picture pictures of Robertson and Ben up there with the league leaders uh, on, on on points and goals, and now this month I, I was just looking at the TV before I came on here, and there was a nice picture of Rope Hints right up there with the league leaders in goals for the month of December. So the, the well coiffed Rope Hints. Oh, I, I just I missed the locks. It's, I mean, it, when when you're young, you got to be able to grow it because it goes away. It does. It does, and and, and I, we're going to talk about hints because I think you're you're 100 right. It's, it's an amazing thing to talk about. One of the interesting segues is to to get into the hints conversation is, you know, Jason Robertson, right, darling, darling of the universe, was was challenging the NHL's goal scoring lead at one point between November 28th and December 4th. So it's a three game stretch: St. Louis, Anaheim, Minnesota. Robertson has five goals in those three games. Uh, so again, that's through December 4th. Off the top of your head, Mark, how many point or sorry, how many goals does Jason Robertson have since December fourth? Oh, let's see. Well, there was a, the the empty netter that that uh, that ended the scoreless streak, and has he scored any other than that? The I mean, answer. It, it, everything's everything. He's gotten a bunch of assists, but I don't remember any specific goals. What the answer is no. He's got one okay. goal. Since December 4th, which matters in the context of Hintz because Hintz has, he had, Hintz had a hat trick 
against Minnesota on the fourth. Uh, and then he has seven goals in that, in that same time frame. So it's, it's the, the beauty of the Dallas stars. It's, it, you know, we, we spend, you know, a month talking about Jason Robertson and everything that leaves his stick winds up in the back of the net and you just can't stop the kid. And then all of a sudden the goals dry up and you almost don't notice because here's, here's hints coming through and just setting this blistering pace. It's like, all right, maybe they're just going to alternate all season. And one of them is going to oh, be, <laughs> I'm I'm heading to Vegas for 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 New Year's and I'm I'm just gonna back up the truck and put some money on Pavelski. Right? I was gonna say yeah, man, he's he's got January on a circle and he's ready to go. But yeah, it's it's been um it it has been a refrain. It's and you know Saad said this and and it's it's not an uncommon thing in Stars fan circles and and I remember talking on the Mile High podcast to some of the Avs fans about the Dallas roster and you know Robertson obviously has been getting a lot of the press. He's he's just this offensive dynamo. He deserves every bit of praise he's getting. I think, though, that sometimes we forget that, in my opinion, Hintz is the best forward on the Dallas Stars. Am I wrong? Um, I, I kind of still lean toward Robertson just because he makes so many of the people around him better in addition to scoring. But it's a it's a close call. Um, it's a conversation. I, I, I would say having, just, right? just if, if you kind of break it down and take a look at how people perform away from their their particular line, I think I think Robertson uh, could do what he's doing with a bunch of other people, and I think Hints might have a little bit that's tied into the guys he's playing with now. Oh, I don't know. That's fascinating because I I kind of feel the opposite. I think that that with with Hints you've got. You know, one, he's, he plays in the middle, which is a big deal. But, you know, just, just talking numbers-wise, when we talk about Hens, 35 games played, 18 goals, 22 assists, so 40 points in 35 games. On a team that does not have Jason Robertson, I think, and, and it was last game at Razor had a stat, I think he said something like, Rupe would lead 16 other teams in the NHL in scoring if it wasn't for the presence of Jason Robertson. And the thing to me... The, the thing to me that stands out, the, the thing that separates two elite capital E players is the fact that in addition to the offense, and Hintz is a guy that's, you know, he, he scores at, at a top, you know, top three pace, right? It's, he's not just a good scorer. He's a very good scorer. He's also a guy that plays all 200 feet, right? He's, he's good in all three zones. He is, you know, a defense. He, he's, it wouldn't be insane, right, for him to wind up with Selkie votes at some point. And right. also, he's over a point a game. And I think that, you know, obviously it's a fun conversation to have about whether he or Robertson is better. But I, I do think that sometimes we lose sight of of how much he does and how exciting and, and how valuable he is to the stars because, you know, Robertson is just this supernova right now. Yeah. And, and it's it's one of those, you know, you're 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 arguing whether you want steak or lobster. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's and the, the good news is that you want to have both. And then with the yeah. it's it's steak, lobster and a nicely aged glass of scotch. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. There OK, so we're 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 in agreement that uh, that it's a good argument to have. And I don't really care as long as they just keep alternating and uh, and, you know, every everybody gets their chance at scoring. I mean, yeah. Take take a look at this team. This this is a team that you know how how many how many times over the last couple of years have we just sat there and complained about where are the goals going to come from, and you you take a look and going into Thursday night's game against Minnesota, the Stars are tied for the lead in the Western Conference in goals scored. 
Yeah, and, and deserve pretty so. much the same personnel that they had. Oh, I mean, I guess I, I would argue. I think the addition of Mason Marchment is is pretty significant. I, but but you're right. It is you know it's it's a lot of the same personnel. But Wyatt Johnson and Mason Marchment are making a difference in the top six, and so I, I do think that it's. I I don't quite go as far as to say that they're you know much better with with basically the same guys. Yeah, uh, and I think that's fair. But uh, you know, I, I would say that that's probably not what takes them from the absolute, uh, and well, maybe not the absolute bottom of the conference to the top of yeah, the conference. Absolutely. You know, but but it, it but certainly contributes to the success. It does. But at the same time, for, uh, you know, to your point, from a coaching standpoint, it's saying that the integration of a free agent, right, which is seldom an easy thing, and a teenage rookie. Right. So it's it's not like it's not like they added to, you know, long term proven in their prime scoring commodities. And duh, of course, they get better. It's that they're they're integrating a, a straight up rookie and, a you know, a guy that is is kind of new to his success in Mason Marchment. So there there is a lot to be said. It, this is not just a plug and play. Of course, they get better situation. When we've talked about the ice management a lot, we've talked about the line shuffling, the the lack of sometimes. This is very much a situation where the right levers are being pulled. On top of it's it's one of those a good example of it's never just the coaching or just the players. When you have true success, it's because you're getting a blend of both. And that's what we're seeing. There have been some astute additions to the roster and they're being managed very, very well. And we're seeing a dramatic offensive improvement. Yeah. And, and and we, we legitimately added two veterans to the offense. I mean, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan. Yeah. Welcome back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, welcome back. They, we we knew they could do it. We saw it under Lindy Ruff. Uh, they 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 went away and learned defense uh, for for a couple of years, and now they're back and putting the puck in the net. And it's it's been great. I, and I want to talk about them for a second, but before we segue fully off, I do want to make one other point. So of course, Jason Robertson. I just talked about. He's got one goal since December fourth. Oh no, the sky is falling. Right. Well, here, I'm going to ask you another quick question. That's that's twelve games. In those twelve games, we know Jason Robertson has one goal. How many assists does he have? Ooh, I would say nine. You would be completely correct he has oh nine my so, goodness so, yeah, it. so it's, it's funny it's one nobody's of those gonna things, believe that i didn't know that ahead of time it's one of those funny things that like jason robertson's version of a slump still puts him just about at a point of game <laughs> it's just yeah. ridiculous and I, I will say as well a couple of the a couple of the hints goals and i think one of jamie ben's as well he's there have been a couple of jason robertson assists where he has shot the puck in off of a teammate so it's sort of you know, if, if you're in rec league, right, you're you're giving the guy a beer after the game. You're counting those as like three quarter assists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you can't, you know, you, even if you get the butt goal and you and you lead the line to the bench, you know who really made it happen. Right. Yeah. But it's it's this is this is who we're dealing with. in Jason Robertson is, oh, man, the kid's gone ice cold goal scoring. Things must be bad. You know, record scratch. Oh, no, wait, they're fine. Three, three assists against Carolina, two assists against Montreal, another against Nashville. He's writing. He, he just he's a metronome consistently puts up points. But you mentioned Sagan and Ben, and that's where I want to spend some time talking, because I, I do think that that 
speaking of of grievances, there is one there is one problem with the Dallas Stars right now, and it's that they're they're one forward short. You know, it it seems you know this is. Right now, there's obviously the, the the first line, right? Surf, turf, and scotch. Um, you know, Robertson, Hens, Pavelski. And lately, you know, we talked about adjustments. Um, Pete DeBoer didn't like what he was seeing out of Mason Marchman and Tyler Sagan. So he moved Mason up to the Jamie Ben Wyatt Johnston line. And they've been dynamite ever since. And it's kind of left Sagan is is I, I don't want to say forgotten man because he's still got 24 points in 36 games. He's you know, he scored on the power play tonight against Minnesota already. So he's, he is productive, but a lot of it's coming on special teams and you can just see that it's, it feels like he is kind of the marooned man right now, offensively. Right. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Yoel Kiviranta fan, probably bigger than a lot of other people. And you just don't see him being the difference maker. Um, Delandria certainly can make a difference, but you know, he's he's kind of the guy that we had as a as a you know defensive shutdown three C role, so that's not going to really move the needle a whole lot either. So yeah, Sagan Sagan's looking for uh, looking for some partners. Yeah, and of course, and, Delandria has one point. He has a, he had a goal against New Jersey. He has one point since December first, um, which of course isn't going to isn't isn't scoring. Right, he he has fourteen points on the season. Again, one point since December, so he has gone ice cold lately. Only five goals. That's a problem. Kiviranta has, you know, five goals, five goals himself. No assists. That's it. Yeah. So those are not guys that they they kind of, especially especially with Kiviranta. I think he, we we've kind of reached, you know, sorry, Dennis Green. He is who we thought he was. Um, territory on his performance. So it's just. You know, they've they've even tried they've tried Radic Foxa on that line. And you know, anytime you're you're moving Radic Foxa onto a line to increase that line's offensive productivity, you're gonna you're gonna raise my eyebrows a little bit. So it it's it's you it's know a work they, in progress. Yeah. It it seems like they can generate offense across two lines, and Mason Marchman seems to be the tipping point, right? If if you put wherever you're putting him, the other two line that the that line seems to have enough to generate offensively. And it kind of guts the other one, right? Because, you know, again, not to pile on, the other guy, the other guy, of course, out of the Sagan-Ben duo has to play with, you know, Kiviranta, right? Or, or Fox or somebody like that's going to be on that line. And it's just, it's it's kind of bringing him down, man. Yeah, you know, but this is what, you know, they're, they're, in a, they're in a good spot in the regular season and they have a month or two, even three here, I guess, Um where they can run different combinations. I wouldn't be surprised to see some guys get some time up from Cedar Park. I mean, they have uh, to, let's, right? Let's see, let's see who fits. You know, I may, maybe we'll even see a, a Maverick Bork or something like that after, you know, come, come February to see how he fits in. But there's a lot of talent down that we can bring in. And, and if none of those combinations end up work, working, what we're doing is we're building up cap space so that we can bring in a rental and so that's kind of the if we don't find it internally we're going to have enough cap space unless something drastic happens here to bring in somebody who we hope can make a difference so there's plan a there's plan b and that's interesting to me because i think you could say the same thing defensively And, and if if you're dallas one i one i agree with you in the fact that 
they have to solve the problem. And we, we talked about this in the last podcast. It's time for them to start experimenting. The Texas Stars have been very good offensively. And it is it's time to start a conga line of guys coming in and out of that that, you know, Sagan line spot to see if someone can find a spark. Because man, if you get if you get another unit going consistently, then this is it that is transformative for this team, right? That's you're getting into scary territory if you've got a lot, you know, if you've got the the hints line, if you've got a line as good as Jamie Benz is right now, and then you get Sagan's line going like that. That team is dangerous, but it seems to me that if you're the stars, you're almost waiting to see, you're almost waiting for the team to make a decision for you, right? You have a hole in your forward core that you either can solve internally, you know, through the system or via trade. You've also got a hole defensively. We talked about the defensive unit kind of buckling a little bit or bowing under the weight a little bit and, and wondering if, if that's really the group to go forward. And, and you have the same options there, right? You can solve the defensive issue with call-ups. You can solve the defensive issue with a trade. You probably can't solve the defensive issue and the forward issue on the free or on the trade market. Dallas, unless you're, you know, they think they've got a second round pick this coming draft. They really don't have they really don't have a lot of capital next year. So unless you're starting to hollow out multiple draft years, which isn't something Jim Nill has historically done, it seems to me unlikely that they they could swing deals for both defensive and offensive help. So to your point, this is maybe the time of the season where they, you know, guys like, you know, maybe it's Damiani, maybe it's Dudnich, you know, other forwards start getting a look. And also you know, banging the drum. This is a really good time to take a look at Thomas Harley to see, you know, basically which problems can you solve inside, which simplifies what you need to do outside. Yeah. And and to tell you the truth, what I think is going to happen on the defensive end, and, and this is probably not what our listeners are looking for, if you will. I think, I think Thomas Harley gets a call up and I think they platoon him with, with Lundqvist. Um, I, I think I think we've seen Ugh. we've seen some areas where where Lundqvist he it's useful for him to take a game off periodically, and and you know if you want to throw out your your Festivus grievance wish list, yeah, you can say, you know, Hawk and Paws had his issues. Suter certainly has had issues that we've talked all the way through. Um, I don't think realistically that's going to happen. I, I think it's much more realistic that you're going to uh, you're going to get Harley up, which should make people happy. But the time he takes is going to be Lunkvis. You're going to get Hanley back down in Cedar Park if he clears waivers, and that's the way we're going to run. And I think, you know, based on what I've seen with Harley and what he's put in on the defensive end this year, I think he sticks. Yeah, but he's going to stick. He's going to stick at least this year in a in a role where he's alternating time. I, I agree that he sticks. You hurt my heart a little bit. So I, I I see this is one of those cases. I see the logical thread in what you're saying, and it hurts me to admit that you're probably right. Now let me ask you a slightly different question. That's what you think will happen. Or sorry, that's what that's what you think the team will do. What would you do? I mean, if if I wanted to win, yeah, put um, put on my... your, your Jim Nil mustache. And your, you know, your your Pete DeBoer suit and tie, and tell me, tell me what you're doing to get the most out of this current Stars team. Uh, I am trying to put together a big deal that moves uh, some players, um, and 
and opens up some spots where we can bring people in and clears off some calf space and probably brings back some draft choices. I, I think I think what we have coming up is is perfectly fine. I think Harley and whatever the forward flavor of the day is, maybe even two of them is is plenty for us to roll with. Um, and and you know the names. Uh, I, I think I think at this point, you know. The the deal for Foxa is is worse, but I think the on ice play outside of the the tremendous penalty kill that we have, I think Glenn Denning's having a pretty bad year. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's kind of the spot that you need to. You know, I would I would actually love to see Rhett Gardner up uh, up getting a, a bit of a look. You know. You, you you take a look at that fourth line from Cedar Park, uh, Olafson, who is just, you know, he came in one game, and, and if you look at some of the stats, he was the second best star on the ice. Oh, he deserved um, a goal. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. And, and and Olafson's been on a line with Tufty, and, and I think we saw that Tufty is, you know, as much as he's ready for AHL play and is getting better, he's not ready for NHL play. No. I think Gardner, you know, he's a 26-year-old. Uh, he's great on the dot. He's he's kind of a younger younger version of Glenn Denning, but this year playing with Olafson and Tufty, he's had a pretty good run in, in in scoring, and and so that's a bit of an upgrade, I think, and uh, and one that I wouldn't mind seeing at least to see if it works out because you know Gardner's been around long enough; he has a man's body; he's ready to play NHL. It's just a matter of whether there's a slot there, and. He's never going to be more than a fourth line guy, but times you, you need, need those guys. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, that, that's a NHL minimum contract. You need that in order to pay the other guys more. Yeah. So then, then to your point, who goes out? How how do you get those assets you're talking about and clear up that space? Like, how do you how do you get those? What what deals do you make? I mean, you're going to have to give something up, and and fortunately, I think we have some prospects that uh, that that we could. Give up? I think. Uh, I think it may so, uh, turn out to be spot. Yeah, give me, give me one deal. Give me one, one, one dream transaction. Um, I, I actually haven't run the numbers. Um, the 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 numbers for me would probably include, you know, uh, Foxa and or uh, and or uh, Hudobin with uh, with somebody in the Damiani range. Mm. Okay. Um, and and. See see what we can do for somebody to take over payments on that. I, you know, Hudobin's been good in the AHL this year. I could see get a little bit closer to the deadline, find a team that has a need in net that doesn't necessarily want a locked in long term solution, and swing a deal. Yeah, I could I could see that. You you have to find the right dance partner. You know. Yeah, but, and but, that that's that's the key to it. That that that's that's just. Hey, maybe get a, and, and and I say that knowing that Jim Neal likes having extra goaltenders, but we have we have two goaltenders on NHL contracts that are playing for the Idaho Steelheads right now, and Adam Scheel is nine and one in his last ten games, just is is killing it. Remy Poirier is is playing great, so I think we're we're kind of demonstrating that we have the depth that we need. And and can afford to take a look at, at moving somebody like Hudobin if you have a team that's out there looking for a goaltender. Do you um, think and, you and, could? And if you want to keep the goaltenders, then find a way. Find a way where you can get you know either, either a Glenn Denning contract or a Foxa contract moved. Yeah, 
let me throw something out at you. And I, and I, I have not done any any research into this because I only started thinking about it when you mentioned the possibility and it was kind of occurring to me last night or the other, the other day, just the trouble that they're in. Do you think that a team like Edmonton could be of interest for a guy like Anton Hudobin? I I think it's going to be a contender who loses somebody key in late February, early March that gets that done. And if that doesn't happen, then, then Hudobin stays. I mean, my thinking is they want to be a contender, and right now they've got Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner, and, and kind of Skinner's won the job, but is he necessarily a, a dude you're going to hit your wagon to for an entire season? Yeah, yeah I, cer- certainly that's the type of deal you're looking for. I'd need to take a look at what their cap space yeah, the, looks like. The only reason but, I thought yeah. about it is I'm thinking about, you know, Dallas probably isn't going to be playing in the proven commodity end of the pool, but if you could, if you could swing something that – you know, you've got the the name that that was kind of what started this is the whole, is uh, Jesse Pujarvi, who is yeah. it's it's not working in Edmonton. It doesn't appear that it's going to work in Edmonton. You know, pending RFA, three million dollar cap hit. But if you're talking about getting rid of you know Hudobin, and you know basically you could you could potentially entice them with you know Hudobin and a you know forward lottery ticket for Pugliarvi and, you know, maybe, you know, something, some other make way, right. But you could, that, that could maybe be a relatively cost neutral move. The stars could make that would get them a piece that could potentially help in the top six. Yep. Yeah. And, and I mean, what you're looking at after the season. So Dallas would, would be giving up a prospect, right. You know, in this, in in this, in, in this theoretical, right. Let's say it's Damiani, the risk to Dallas would be, well, it doesn't pan out. He doesn't work. And effectively you've, you've jettisoned Damiani into the sun for the opportunity to not have Hudobin or and potentially Vox independent anyway, to, for the potential of not having somebody else in the, on the roster that you're not going to use and to free up space. Right. Right. But that's understandable. And, and you take a look at what we have coming through the pipeline. And and ultimately, I think you get to a point where you say Damiani is is a he's older, but somewhat redundant with what we have coming yep. up. You got to give up small, somebody to get something. small. Yeah. Small, small goal scorers. Uh, he's he's not as pure a goal scorer as some of the other guys we have coming. And and, and you're more likely to see those other guys uh, making the NHL squad. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's it's it will be interesting to see how they resolve it because I think you're right. In a perfect world, if you're the Dallas Stars, you could wave a wand and, and get something of value for Hudobin, who you're not going to use, uh, and get you know Foxa off the roster. And, and you know, I think those are the two. Those are the two. You, you, there's there's <laughs> we we bagged on him earlier. You know, if if we're really just dreaming, then you know somebody to take Ryan Suter would be fantastic as well. But if we're talking about things that might actually happen, then I think the top of the 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 top of the list for things that might actually happen are Hudobin and Foxa. And in Hudobin's case, finding a way to get some kind of asset for a guy you're not going to use. And in Fox's case, it's finding a way to get a contract off the books because if you're the stars, you can probably get enough out of a league minimum contract in Fox's current spot to to make that a you know, that'd be a no-brainer from Dallas's perspective. Right. And and to tell you the truth, if I'm running it, I'd probably do the Fox a deal or we'll try and work the Fox a deal, deal first just because you want that safety net with a yeah. veteran netminder. And and if if Ottinger goes down 
I, I feel more comfortable with a the black wall and uh, and uh, Hudobin than I do bringing in Murray. Um, and nothing against Matt Murray, uh, but he was uh, he wasn't with the Texas Stars at this point last year. He was playing college hockey. And goaltending is such an important position, and and you can, especially now that he's kind of recaptured some form in Cedar Park, you, Hudobin is much, is, especially within the organization, right, is a known commodity. You they they kind of, you have to think the Dallas Stars know exactly what they have at this point in Anton. Yeah, and and, and I think they're far enough into the season where they where they're looking around and saying we kind of like where we're at, and and maybe <laughs> even like lean it this at. time. Um, and and so you don't want to say I like where I'm at and then roll the dice by yeah. thinking that uh, that that you know you're you're one old muscle away from having a problem in net. Yeah, and, and the other the other piece of that though, and and I think I'm not saying it's undeserved. I think if you're the stars, you don't want to get too seduced by the standings and say and look at the standings and and just say you know we're clearly a first place team. Right. Because they, they've played well. They, they deserve to be where they are. They're there on merit. It's not, you know, it's not insane. But when you really look at the heavyweights of the conference, right, if, if, if Dallas is, is playing in that contender space, how do they stack up against the Golden Knights? Right. How do they stack up against Colorado if Colorado gets healthy? Those are the questions you start. You know, they, they've had they how have they stacked up against Winnipeg on the ice this season? Right. So those questions, those are the questions you have to answer. And the interesting thing to me, if you're the stars, is some of the answers might just be you're going to have to wait a year, right? The the answer for Tyler Sagan may just be, like you said, call some people up. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, then it's just something we're going to have to deal with in the off season, right? So that that's part of their part of their decision making matrix is how do we close the gap between the stars and the conference's true heavyweights. The second half of that, though, is do you expend assets at this point to close that gap, knowing what you have in the pipeline, knowing what you have coming off the books contract wise, knowing what you have cap wise? You know, is this maybe the season where you just kind of shrug and say, hey, this is the group and we're going to see how far it takes us? Well, I, I think any time that you start thinking that you can get past a first and a second round and start being taken seriously in a, in a Stanley cup conversation. And I think enough people are, are starting to throw the stars in with that group. Anytime you're at that point, you have to uh, kind of take a little run at it um, because it just doesn't happen that often. But on the other well, hand, it's I think a reward we're at a thing. point maybe. Yeah. But in, you know, if if you're the stars, the last thing you want to do is overpay for anything. So yeah. I think this is one of these situations where you kind of throw some feelers out there that say that say, hey, if if you're if you're interested, we're we're, you know, this might be something we'd consider. See what comes in. If anything interesting comes in, you pursue it. If it doesn't, then you then you're good. I think that's and, a good and that way, way you're it. you're you're negotiating from a position of strength. This is the, I, I think that's a great way. This is this is a team, you know, you know, Jim Nell, he's he is probably trying already. But I think that the beauty of where the stars sit in the standing and how the season is going is you can afford to have a deal not manifest. This isn't a situation where, you know, you're the Edmonton Oilers. You've got two of the five best players in the world, but your your goaltending is you know literally on fire and 
there's only so long. You know, there there are teams that are in the have to realm in terms of their decision making. And luckily for us fans, the Dallas Stars are in the nice to have. And and if if somebody somewhere needs something that they have, then they 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 have the flexibility to make a couple of different deals, dangle a couple of different things. But to your point, if if the asking prices are exorbitant, and it's yeah, we'll help you, but we need Maverick Bork. If you're the stars, you have the luxury of saying, well, <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. After, after you laugh, I'm presuming. <laughs> yeah, you want to get that chuckle in on the other end of the phone. But, you know, it's it's one of those, I, I to your point, I think you it is fair to like where this team is at, even as you strive to make this team better. Right. I, I think this may, may be the time where you can say that and, and not be thinking behind the scenes that you're hedging it <laughs> it's <Yeah>. unironic <laughs> you're saying it because you actually mean it yeah you're not saying it to keep prices down and because you have to because you know you can't afford to do anything you're saying it because it's actually the truth it's like yeah well, we're, yep seems pretty good so the other thing and, and we'll make sure that kt puts a link to this in um when we when we post the podcast we'd have a request to talk about our our, our 18th overall selection leon michelle who is uh, you know, defenseman, Swiss defenseman playing in the Swedish league right now. Of course, he's in the conversation because he's had a pretty good world juniors so far, including the the clip I'm talking about is an, uh, just a beast of an overtime shift to win a game for, for Switzerland. And he's been, uh, you know, this, this is a, we talk about pipeline and we talk about the future of the Dallas stars. This is not a guy that's, you know, we should expect to see, you know, next season or, or you know, imminently, but, this is a guy that that the Dallas Stars clearly expect to contribute at some point before you know all too long, and he's he's doing some some stuff that's popping some eyeballs. That's got to feel good. It, it does, but I I must admit there there are certain people who like to hear the sound of their own voice and <laughs> say things and say things just to talk because they want to talk. And I don't know enough to have an expert opinion on this. <laughs> You know, I've, I've seen I've I've seen the I've seen the 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 Twitter the the Twitter stuff. Uh, Leon looks like he's humongous compared to a lot of the world juniors, and that's that's my expert opinion. Yeah, he's a world senior. He's just, he's eighteen, yeah. he's six five, <laughs> two hundred sixteen pounds as an eighteen year old. So he's he's a big old boy, as they yep. say. You know, he's he's played. He, he's playing. He, I think he's played something like twenty-five games for his team in the Swiss league, which is, or sorry, the um, I believe Lascans is in Swedish. Sweden. Yeah, he's Swedish yeah. league, which is it's a good league. It's a, it's a league for men. Um, it's not a it's not a, a junior situation. So from what I can tell, and I'm not a super expert either, but he's not a point. He's not a, a point master. So he's got a couple of assists. Um, forty-one penalty minutes as an eighteen-year-old in twenty-five games. So he's physical. A, a, Clearly, you can tell, you know, in the things that stood out to me in the clip in particular is, you know, the first thing I noticed is when the play enters the defensive zone, his gap is excellent. He just sort of lets the forward come to him, baits him and then pokes the puck away. Uh, doesn't get it clean initially, stays with it. Right. So he he nullifies the scoring chance. And he's not, you know, I, I did not have Miro Haskin in flashbacks watching him move the puck down the ice, but he was he got there quicker than the other guy used his frame to great effect and his team got a goal out of the sequence so what i what i can tell him and what i'd say is he looks like you know if, if i'm jim nil i'm i'm probably thrilled with what i'm seeing in terms of his performance and his development 
I'm also not, you know, clearing out a stall next to Miro Haskin and, and thinking about how quickly I can get him into the roster. He's got some, he's got some development to do. He's got a, a path ahead of him, but there is certainly nothing at this point to indicate he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna make it. I, I, I will, I will add one thing. I, I think that he would be extremely popular, Dallas. He brings he brings that physical edge that uh, that you know people at AAC love. Yeah, man, you you want that violence that 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 yep. you, you need a you need a guy. Honestly, it's kind of the mystique even of Roman Polak that I think kept him on the rod. You, there's there's just something about watching a guy that looks like he might be able to just choke slam and apporting an opposing forward that, that just, it, it appeals to you on like a, it, it taps into like the lizard brain kind of bestial, you know, primordial self watching that guy. So it's, he's, he's one that I really hope pans out for a lot of different reasons. Yep. No, I, I, that, that I will agree with as well. But, you know, like I said, I, I would not go out and buy your your Leon Bichelle jersey quite yet. Give it give it a little bit longer. You know, keep keep the clips coming from the the world juniors and, and we'll see how we'll see how it goes. I like it. Yeah. Um, Any, it, anything been, else on your list? Um, I, I'm about ready for New Year's, I think. Uh, I go go finish watching the Stars game here. Uh, last I saw, the, the the pipes were being kind to uh, to Ottinger. Uh, bank shots weren't all that good, but uh, it looked like probably one of the better hockey games that I'd seen so far this year. Both teams playing it's, well. It's been a good one, um, and and I, I won't spoil anything, but the pipeline is sound. <laughs> <laughs> that's when, that's when, I, when I go watch the game flow. Uh, I'm going to see a lot of pings. You're you're just you're going to you, you just Jim Nell has done such a good job drafting. And the fact that the Dallas prospects won basically every meaningful award in the major, you know, prospect leagues is not a fluke. It's just not. You just they just found some guys, man. Holy, holy jump. And they found some guys. Well, that that's something to look forward to in the new year. So let's uh, let let's uh, let's all my hot takes are kind of gone. I, you take that. Here, here's 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 my here's my here's my hot take. I I've talked about putting Suter on the rocket ship for the power moon. play yes. unit with with another <laughs> with with a uh, with a second defender because that statistically pans out. They're doing that. I said the second power play unit was getting run over by PDO and that they were likely to come back. They seem to be doing that. They scored tonight. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and and I'm forgetting one or two other things. I've done some deep diving going through some numbers, and, and a lot of them are things that the stars have kind of implementing. And this doesn't tell me that they're listening to me. This tells me that they're looking <laughs> at the same numbers and they're actually paying attention. Oh, that, no. Uh, one of, one and, of our and that makes that makes me feel really good because the, the stars have not been a, an organization that looked at numbers for a while. And and the fact that they they seem to be looking at the numbers and and making adjustments based on that, I, I, I think bodes well for the future. Well, according to KT, one of our most frequent downloaders of the podcast is is J Nell 27 at hotmail.com. So <laughs> no, Jay, believe me, Jay Neal is at AOL.com. He's at AOL. He's still, he's still got a stack of those demo CDs that he's using up. Yep. 
He, he, oh, he goes to it, puts his floppy disks in the computer every day. Well, you know, that that's a good reminder, listeners. Be just like Jim Nill. Make sure you're liking, make sure you're downloading the podcast. Thanks for the questions. Um, Y'all uh, really appreciate having a little bit of stuff to talk about. Z for Zuboff and Mark Lankin. Appreciate that. We'll keep watching. KT, as always, thank you for putting this together. Mark, I don't think your takes have cooled at all. They, they continue to be a raging inferno of interesting examination and evaluation. Um, happy New Year. Happy stars, you know, happy 2022. And, and here's hoping that they keep things up in 2023 and, and keep things fun for the fans. 